Soul the Scene, the podcast where seasoned form keyboard warriors talk cars. I'm Andy Cooper from RMS Motoring, and again I'm joined by Gary Riley. Hey there. Oh, he's going to talk to me today. Happy days. And Craig Allen. Hello. And this week, our very first and most welcome guest, Mr. Chris Souter. What about you, gents? Welcome, Chris. Now, if you if you missed our previous show, uh, our pilot episode of Soul the Scene, we had to go with the new M3, those nostrils. And found out that the E36 3 Series is 30 years old. And that I ordered a GR Yaris. Oh, God. And uh, if you haven't listened to that yet, I was nearly going to say I highly recommend listening to it. But maybe if you've nothing better to do, uh, maybe uh, there it is. Yeah, while we're on, while we're on about M3s, big shout out to Chris Marin and Hayden Houston from RMS who offered to lend me their M3s for the weekend after my revelation from episode one that I'd never even sat in an M3. Big thanks. I'm going to take them up on it as well once uh, COVID fucks off. I reckon there's going to be a bit of nostalgia in today's show as we reminisce about the car show scene and uh, all sorts, no doubt, with Chris later on. Those were the days. Let's, do you know what, Cooper? I'm actually just looking up what a Yaris GR is. I've seen these float. I've well, one of them. I've seen one of them. Holy shit, man. You've ordered one of those. Don't it, get them started. For- here. Wow. Oh my goodness gracious me. Are these like 300 brake horsepower or something? <laughs> yeah. Oh no. Four wheel drive, two diffs, carbon roof. Oh my mm. God, Cooper. Tell me this, Cooper, did you buy some Bitcoin maybe at the start or something? Oh, like I just, just slipped in there. Yeah, yeah. A bit of Ethereum. That's what it oh, was. I love it, mate. Love right, it. Right, look, look, point of order here. Go. Uh, in our many edits of the first podcast, uh, I missed out an important plug. Because the reason I really like actually liked the idea of doing a podcast was I was all, I was a guest in the Reload podcast. I don't know if you've, any of you guys listened to that, but big shout out to Nigel Lee and Connor over at Reload. Has anyone seen the new Fast and Furious Nine trailer? No, is it look good? No, no, no. no. Of course, of course, it doesn't look good. <laughs> it doesn't look good. It's ridiculous. Tell me this: is it a load of fate of Barth's coming out the Ard's carriageway out of TMC? <laughs> Yeah, no, that, that that would be realistic. <laughs> that, that would be realistic. So it's going to be. I, they have been going. RMS has been going since two thousand and one. The same as the Fast and the Furious. And as you wow. said on the forum, Gary, fa- unlike RMS, really? Fast, yeah, Fast and the Furious. You said it's becoming like a Shakespearean epic. <laughs> right. The, the first one was like a Shakespeare film compared to what they're bringing out now. Yeah, that is absolutely ludicrous. Uh, looks absolutely ridiculous. John Cena's in it. John Cena is oh. Dom's brother. Oh, so God. it's just going to be an overacting spectacle. Sure, we'll, we'll all go and see it. 100%. We'll all go and see it. And can we predict that they're probably going to have a massive fight and then make up at the end? You'll be right. next one. I predict Here. danger to manifold. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> at which point, the actually, uh, <laughs> we had a cinema out for our mass members, if you remember the second film. Too Fast, Too Furious. Uh, Yorkit. That's right. And we had a, the motor site at the front of Yorkit and all the rest back in the day. Sorry, um, city side. Here, boys, mm-hmm. all joking, it was amazing, wasn't it? I was there. And it was the, the first one. I remember the very first one. It was just, oh, it was just, it was special. You remember back in those days, lads, cars were everything. We didn't think about anything else other than our cars. And to have yeah. a massive, massive, film, big billboard film being all about the tuning world. 
it was here, boys. That was a special time. And it's sad because the kids nowadays, like, what are what have they what have they got to really be into? Like Minecraft or flipping Call of Duty. There's no, you know, the cars. Well, if they watch this, if they watch this new film, they can get into space travel. (laughs) (laughs) So I think there's no NOS running anymore. It's just like hybrid technology or just batteries. I honestly, I couldn't tell you. I've I've tried three or four times now to get through the trailer, and I can't. Every thirty seconds, just go. This is absolute piss. I know. Here, do you get? Do you reckon they go out, go down to the local tuning store, and go, "Hey, I need more batteries." Get me more, ba- I need more power, I need more batteries. They got the data pound land. Over the 14 bags of school. Pound land batteries. The only bit that I have seen is Dame Helen Mirren lifting the wand. And that's not a euphemism. <laughs> oh my goodness. She asks. That's her first time, like, I would imagine. Oh, Here, did she ha- did she have a did she have a real name, but she just couldn't pronounce it? I went wherever your heads are, boys. Sorry, that was that was. <laughs> You're too high, right? Anyway, somebody, somebody save me there quickly. Somebody save me. Oh no, we're gonna just let you die in your own shit. There. <laughs> 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 Here, oh, ex- extend the silence. That one out like thirty oh, seconds. <laughs> Tumbleweed. Play some hold music. Oh my god, lads. brilliant! But oh, those were great days. And you know what, Cooper? You think of it. I I still remember to this day. The um, like the, even the thought of RMS, which was I think we were at a car show, might have been ninety nine or two thousand maybe, and um, you had the red Corolla and you'd either just got a front bumper or something put on it. And we we're going to a, a car show and you're saying I'm going to do a website. I've got this thing and it's called ReallyMeanSounds.com. We're like, Andy, fuck's that all about? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's called hold on, it's called what? Really yeah, means it's what? Takes I, you forever to type it out. No one can even spell that. How's everybody going to go on to it? And here, fair play, guys, because like it was, it was what brought us all together, and it was literally, it was life for a long time. You came mm-hmm. straight home and got on the forum. That's that was life, mate. Yeah, got the so, dial up going. Yeah, it was off. Let me remember that. <laughs> those but, were the yeah, days. Those were the days, mate. There was some crack. I never take. I would never take them back. They were brilliant. Absolutely. Look, couple of other things because we're going to come to you very shortly, Chris. A couple of other things. Number one was uh, speaking of the forum this very day, uh, someone posted up our, our new cars losing their appeal. Did any of you see this? Yeah, yeah. And there's people giving off about uh, there's nothing, nothing new. Well, obviously, GR Yaris, the most awesome thing about. I think you can still buy an, <laughs> uh, an a button. <laughs> Fuck off, you. It's. <laughs> Yawn when I mention the Yaris. <laughs> I, I think you can buy a, a brand new Abarth 595, Chris, can you? You can. Yep, you get a yep. 695 or 200 brick. Yep. Okay. And you can buy M2. You can buy a brand new Civic Type R. There's loads of shit. There's loads yep. of awesome stuff to buy at the moment. Like I tell you now, there are 10 more golden years of the internal combustion engine, and we're in the middle of it Agreed. because 2030, it's going to be boring. Well, all the boring hybrid shit. Has appeared. I remember going into Toyota to look at talk about the Yaris, and there's a oh, yeah, we have this lovely Corolla hybrid. And me, it's just boredom on a plate, absolutely hideous. But the other, whenever those times come around, then they all the, all the cars we enjoy now they're going to go like really, really scarily high in value, and you can't buy them to enjoy them. Mm. I, I don't know. I think, yeah, if you want to hold on to an internal combustion car, now's the time to buy. Yeah. I have put. What if the government comes out with some sort of crazy taxes on them that if you own one, you know what I mean? You just have to pay a ridiculous amount of tax. They might try and phase it out over the next, well, maybe not in our lifetime, lads. I think we'll be okay. 
I think it's our kids that are going to suffer from that. I think we'll get we'll get to the end of our days with petrol. Maybe not diesel, but we'll get to the end of our days with petrol. And, I saw uh, someone on RMS mention tonight that the tax on a new Defender is 630 quid a year. Oh when, when did it roll into the 600s? I'd give you a laugh. Yaris, 150 quid a year. That's class. That's just unreal. Yeah. unbelievable. But I bet you the, the, the fate's the same. Is it the birth? I'm, is... I'm not sure, but my mega boost it was only it was only a hundred and something quid for the year and like a hundred and seventy pound insurer for the year. Unbelievable. And, you, wow. and you've got four hundred brake per ton. It's just, you know, with no safety. Okay. It had a cage, but the cage was worth fuck all. And um, yeah, that was just that's that's, that's mental. But yeah, that defend that's 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 a lot of money for tax like six hundred and thirty quid. Unbelievable. Wow. Unbelievable. Also some good news that restrictions are starting to lift. Chris's Chris's shops and businesses are going to stay open, and I, you know, he's punching the air here. But track track days are coming back as well, which is awesome. So so I think the track skills are back um, next week weekend. Track days at I are starting to kick off as well, which is which is fantastic. The return of normality. Thank, Greg. Wonder could I take one of those borrowed M threes? Hmm. 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 <laughs> now, I'm chuffed to bits that our first guest on the show is Chris Souter. I've known Chris since we went to Queens together, Chris, if you remember. That's right. It's not yesterday, mate, was it? Uh, both of us massively in their cars and our paths have sort of kept crossing ever since, really randomly over the years, uh, right. including the hairdresser, the barber. Yeah, that's right. Um, a bit of background on Chris, for those of you who don't know him, heavily involved in the car show scene from the epic sound off events of the early 2000s we all used to go to, to the car shows, flip painted 106, then went on to start the hugely successful SQ design body shop along with Chris Quinn, which you both ran for several for several years and then moving into the family tailoring business with uh, Suter Brothers Menswear in Belfast, among other endeavors. Uh, Chris, you're prolific on social media and tailored to the stars, including Carl Frampton, Ronnie O'Sullivan, Superbank champ, Jonathan Ray and AC12 Steve Arnott from, of course, Line of Duty. And that's not all. Chris was on board on the board of the Belfast Chamber of Commerce. Is that right, Chris? Yeah. That's right. I was yeah, yeah, I wasn't Yeah. Uh, yeah. DJs, uh, your DJ running sets from your house over lockdown uh, and raising awareness uh, of testicular cancer through Balax, which I think is brilliant, by the way. And I see that on, on the cap there. Uh, of course, really glad you wore it because that is just the image I had in my head of you when you were coming on today with a ba- <laughs> Balix on the head. Balix! And uh, recently launched your new coffee brand, 1111. It's 1111 or just four ones? It's 11, it's 1111. Yep, the, the, brand, the coffee business is Suter Coffee, but the brand of the coffee is 1111. And you had a Westfield Megabusa, which we, we've talked about, yes. talked about, and you have a 595, a Barth on the way, which you plan to yes. tune to the balls. Wednesday, yes. And let me see, what do I still have? Carwise, I still have, I have a 205. Of what I, literally, what I believe to be one of the last 10 205 CTIs ever. You have built. a CTI convertible, CTI don't you? Convertible. Yeah. I have a 1.9 white white CTI convertible. Um, and let me see what else have I got. Nicola, she's still got the X5. Um, I've got a 2004 Chrysler Voyager um, that, that I call the float boat. Yes, it is. It has dents and dings and scrapes and everything, but it's the it's honestly, lads. See, out of all the cars out there, it's the first one I go to. You stuff in the stuff in the boot. Kids in the car, they can chuck their McDonald's cartons over their shoulder. You're not worrying about cleaning it. It's um, 
Oh, it's great. And like family cars, we've got a couple of pool cars within in the business. We've got a, an XJ Jag that we just got new there for like a limo that we choose to go down to Dublin and stuff in. And yeah, but we're, we're, I'm still got to be smart car. I've still got a, I've got a smart car all li- livered up with the the tartan. Smartin. Yep, the smartin. Um, what else have we got? Is that it? Is that it? Still got the Cadillac. Still got the. You Cadillac. got the Caddy. Oh, still got the, still got the Cadillac. Um. That's because no one will buy it. I, I would say. That's. Do you know what? It, it only get it get MOT'd again there last week, and it still drives like a fucking Rolex. It is. <laughs> so um, yeah, still got the caddy. Uh, let me see. And I think that's that's uh, that's about. I got a motorbike there as well, like a bo- like a bobber, like a chopper bobber thing, which is class. But yeah, so that's that's kind of the car history at the minute, lads. But I tell you, the mega boost that was that was that was my kind of that kind of stoked the fire again with the whole cars because before lads you know me i was as big as you were into it but then life took over business took over i just kind of not and not that i fell out of love with them just life took different priorities and different steps and like i always kept my cars clean i always anytime i got a car I always changed its appearance and modified like even the x5 it's lowered on 21s with full carbon kit and all the the, the rest of it um but i kind of not that, not that I fell out of love with cars. I just fell out of. I just, I just went a different direction. But now, lads, and I was telling you before we started recording, we got my nephew a five nine five Abarth um, just on Friday there, and me and my brother have decided that we are also going to get five nine five Abarths, and we are going to tune the absolute living balls out of them all, and we're going to have our own wee five hundred club. And me and my bro, we're going to be in and out of Suter Brothers. Now, he won't want the anti-lag and the pops and bangs and stuff like that. I want mine sounding like a Harrier jump jet. So that so that people turn... But like, do you ever remember, lads, when I had a wee blue smart car? And it was like one of the first smart cars in the country. Do you remember left a left-hand drive? Yes, sideways, um, mostly. Yes, big turbo on it and big exhaust. And this thing sounded like a flipping fighter jet coming down the carriage where there. And then... You know, you turn, you turn around, and there it is. So we have a picture of it there. There um, it we'll, is. We'll oh, post yeah. this. We'll post this in the show notes because it's it's priceless. Oh, look at that! And then you, you turn around and look to see what it was, and it was this flipping twat like me in a smart car. I oh, flip! I love that wee car. It was. By the way, if you're if you're looking at that picture on the on the blog later on, uh, check out the Rover Turbo in the background. I'm just noticing. Yeah, very nice. Yeah, very nice. Very nice. Oh dear, but then I think I, I melted that through the engine. I rebuilt that engine three times in that smart car, and I just got to the point where there was no, there was nothing left to bore out of the bore out of the block. So it just had to, it had to go up the road. And um, but yeah, so that's it. Like, lads, I'm I am quite happy to admit I am ready for an enormous midlife crisis. I am flipping ready for it, lads. So you've got me looking at five nine fives. Yeah, honestly, honestly, Rocco, and Rocco, you can buy them really cheap. You know, you can for anywhere from sort of six grand up, we'll buy a five and five. And that place is said in Dundonald for like a grand. You get, oh, you can, you can get a hundred brake horsepower for like a thousand quid. It's unbelievable. So you can have a two hundred and forty brake horsepower for eight five hundred. Oh my, Cooper, my plan, Cooper, my plan, yes. Cooper. Now I have now a new plan as of this podcast. I'm going to tune that abort so it can tear the shite out of your yards. Oh, yes. oh now we're on on it. <laughs> now, not in the corners. Forget about corners. I'm just talking straight line. We're going for it. Uh, hi, can our, I speak our, to our, uh, in, in Litchfield, please? The, go on, that, that's, that's <laughs> Send me. over a big turbo, please. 
that's me ceremonially slapping you with my gauntlet with my my glove. That's Over, that, that's you ceremonially wafting the yeah, fart because because <laughs> the Yaris is coming for you. <laughs> so oh jeepers lads. So that's I'm gonna uh, say Chris's Chris's grand will go a little bit farther, maybe. I know, just a wee bit. I know that I won't put a grand by in one of those. Oh, decree. <laughs> <laughs> New car mats. No tax. Oh jeepers. So I that's but that's that's where I'm at with a minute. So the cars, yeah. I would, you know, I'm actually really looking forward to getting up on a Saturday or a Sunday, if I'm not at work, cleaning up the Wii 500 and going to a car meet somewhere where I'm going to be surrounded by all the younger generation and they're all going to look at me and go, who the fuck's that grand over there in his flipping 500? And I, because do you remember lads, back in our day, there were older guys that had fancier yeah. cars and they had all the money and we were obviously trying to scrimp and save to put new bumpers on our cars or a back box and then the older lads would just arrive down with their RS flipping Sierras and all the rest of it just tuned to the nuts and you were always so jealous of them forget 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 about that forget remember davy had a vtr saxo davy from pro car yes had a vtr saxo and i always remember like oh it was always immaculate and like nowadays you think of a vtr saxo like they're 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 hanging around the breakers yard you could buy any number of them but back in the day something like that never mind an rs cosy or anything like that there they were the thing to have i know because i'm sure when you had the what the 106 chris you were like oh i really wish i had a, an xsi or a gti or 1.1, 1.1, all flipping 63 horsepower, whatever it was of it. But uh, yeah, like, you know, and lads, that's like, a lot of people, a lot of the kids are kids, a lot of the people that be listening to this will be, will be um, associating with like, you're, you're just, tr- you're trying to buy the best car you possibly can, which back then for us wasn't great. And then you were just trying to make it better because you couldn't insure anything faster. Nope. You couldn't afford to buy the good model because it had a better engine, which you couldn't insure. So you had to just buy a 1.4 Focus Rocco or a, what hey. call, or a 1.1 106 and just, you know, try and like, boys, do you remember putting our filters in your car and taking it up the road and thinking it was faster? Yeah, we were talking about the sort. I remember Max Power used to interview people, and then they would give their own kind of idea of what the performance stats were, and they would have yeah. an air filter and exhaust, and they say, "Oh yeah, eighty brake horse cars yeah. now does sixty in four seconds." <laughs> <laughs> and they had this in every single article. <laughs> oh, jeepers! Oh, flip! Do you remember that? I don't know if you remember. Do you remember I won a set of Toyo tires from Max Power? <laughs> Like every time oh, yeah. Max That's Max right. Park came over, I did. I was just burnouts, burnouts, burn, trying to get you know as you were back then, trying to get in the magazine. And one time, the guy it was Fly, I think he called him photographer. Was, yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was over, and he and it wasn't even the burn, and it was it was the burnouts. He was down like lighting a flipping cigarette or something off the sparks that were coming out of my wheels. And uh, anyway, it made the magazine, and because of that, um, I wrote a letter into them or something, and I got four free. Toyo T1Rs or proxies or whatever they were called. Actually, a guy just sent me the 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 cutting of it about probably about sort of three or four months ago. It just brought back good memories. The the cutting was was the very reason when I when I read that I was like, oh, would love to have you on because those but, were the days. Do you know what, Cooper? Those were the days, and I feel so bad. So there's my nephew. My nephew's twenty, and he's into his cars, and he would go to wee meets and stuff like that. But lads. We had the cream of the cars. Yeah, we did. We had Halcyon days on Sunday nights in Bangor. Do you remember here, Craig? Do you remember getting up? Like your whole Sunday was planned to get up in the morning, have yeah. breakfast if you're not hungover, and you clean your car yep. all day. Like you don't just yep. wash it and sham it and slick the tires. You cleaned everything, and then you went down to Bangor at four or five o'clock, and you were there until three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, it was. 
Oh, lads, best days ever. It was Bunkers. outstanding. It, it really was. And then now when you take a drive through Bangor on a Sunday night, it's empty. It's nobody there. Do you remember it used to, the bottom car park was literally bunged to the gills and it flowed into the top car park, which is bunged to the gills. And you just had a solid line around Bangor, of course. There must have been some weeks, there must have been a thousand cars. Easily. Maybe 1,200, maybe more. Easily. Unbelievable. Wow. And, and drag racing and donuts oh. and oh. car photo shoots from the magazines. And oh, it was just... At the carriageway and back in, and oh, oh, yes, yes, I know because that's you got your air filter on. You're like, right, John, you're in the 106. Let's <laughs> yeah, go up the road, up the road. up the road, performance yeah. test. Oh, but how, how do you go from from that, Chris, to deciding right? I want to open a business like no. SQD. Right. So back then, again, let me see. Let me see if I can put how I can put this into into a, like a timeline. So. Obviously, with I, I've always been brought up in an entrepreneurial family, and all the family like have their own business. So, I, I kind of went down university route and was was studying electrical, electrical and electronic engineering at Queens. Yeah, because because someone on this podcast did it with you. That's me. right, Coops. So we um, back then, me and Quinn were always doing our own stereo systems. You know, we were always doing our own thing, and it got to the point where car stereo installs. We're becoming fiberglass. Now, For pe- there's going to be people listening to this not have a fucking clue what we're talking about. Anyway, what it meant was in your boot, where your speakers and amplifiers were, that instead of having the trim and carpet, it was all smoothed and body colored. So we started doing fiberglass boot installs, which meant we had to buy, instead of handing it to someone to paint, me and him thought, well, we'll buy our own compressor. We'll buy our own spray gun. We'll buy our own paint and we'll start doing it ourselves. And Back then, my cousins um, had body tech in Rydalmere Street in Donegal, so in Donegal Street. So I went down a couple of Saturdays and learned how to paint. And once we started doing the fiberglass installs, a guy brought us a front splitter and said, or a spoiler, sorry, a back splitter for a wee polo. It says, here, paint that for me, would you? Such and such is looking 100 quid. And we're, I will do it for 50. So we painted the spoiler, fitted it on and go, here, this is easy. So then all of a sudden, another guy brought us a bumper and we fitted the bumper and painted it. Thought, here, fuck, this is easy. And literally, boys, it just steamrolled. People started bringing us body kits and everything else. And within like six months' time, our car audio business had became an actual flipping car workshop. And after after about a year of university and deciding that university was a little shite, which if anybody's listening, it is, um, we decided to go out on our own and open up a car body shop. And that's when we took the, the place up on Money Ray up beside my Uncle Bobby's and, and literally just literally went for it now. Even though we went for it, I still stayed at uni and I still finished my course. But it was thanks to thanks to Deirdre McGinn and Graham Laird and Barry McManaman who told me what they thought was going to be on the exams. I passed my exams by not going to university. So it made a complete flipping farce of the university system. But anyway, that's that's another that's another story. Um so we yeah, we got into the auto works or the SQ Design Auto Works and you know, history kind of took it from there. And then you know what? It was your it was your website. Um, and the forum RMS, where we got the vast, vast majority of our work from, and I will still forever this day be forever thankful for all these. So it was, it put us on the map and it allowed us to showcase what we did. And I remember, like I'm sure you can flick back through all the different posts, we got really good protection from you guys too, because forums back then, like. It wasn't as bad as it is now with the whole keyboard warrior thing. Like you know what you know what trolling and stuff's like now. It is awful. But back then, see if somebody came onto the forum and said, "Oh, 
I got this painted by SQ Design and it's flipping crap. I had a, I had a guarantee that Rocco would have came on, maybe Gary would have came on, and you know all these guys would have come on. Actually, no, here, Suter does great work. Suit you, and he's really you really protected us as a business. And um, Chris, can I interject there just for a yeah, second in yeah. a good way? Go. He actually painted a guitar for me, if you recall, um, in BMW Alpine White, and okay. I loved that thing about for about ten years doing gigs, and it's been thrown about the room. It's fallen off my wall. I'm pretty sure my son has played tennis with it a few times. Still not a scratch on it. So I, I assume you put on 500 coats of lacquer. Flip a neck. I write something. Oh my goodness. Well, again, most guitars are painted in a polyurethane or a yeah. nitro, or, or nit, uh, what do you call it? Nitro, what's no, it's like, it's like a breathable lacquer. Oh, nitro, nitro something. But then we would have done it in a poly, we'd have done it in a yeah. PU lacquer, which is but it's, it's really stood the test of time. I will say that. So. Yeah. Now, if you're a guitar purist guy, you know, there are guitar builders out there that would say that the wood can't breathe through that polyurethane lacquer. So the density of the wood will change over years. Therefore, your tone will change over years. But we just give them that, don't we? We say, look, yeah. it's meant fuck to. Those guys. <laughs> it's fuck those guys. It's meant to. <laughs> and that's all that matters. So, oh, guys. But you know what? See, back then, like, I'll be I'll be literally honest with you. We did seven, nine, nine years, nine years at SQ, seven years as a as a, a body shop, and sort of nine years together as, you know, two years audio, seven years audio and... um. And body shop and let me tell you lads see in the start we made shit loads of money but see as we got bigger and we took on bigger units more overheads more staff more problems and the the almost slight um divergence or, or waning in the car modified scene mm-hmm. because all of a sudden in like 2007 2008 you know, cars were starting to come again with body kits. Like you went and bought an 07 Corsa, you could have it with a front lip, side skirts, spoiler, you know, sportier 20 mil lower suspension, 17 inch wheels. And our gig was the fiberglass body kits that people couldn't, you know, normal body shops mm-hmm. didn't want to fit. So we started changing our tack then more in the car body, as in accident repair. And lads, see if you get into accident repair or see once you're in the accident repair. It was it was a nightmare. See, chasing insurance companies and mm. oh man. So it, it ended went up. Out of it. It, it the fun went out of it, and you know the heart went out of it, and it ended up being a struggle to make money at it. And there was enough money in it for one partner rather than me and Quinn. So uh, my dad was retiring out of the the suitor business, and I bought his share out of the the family the family business, and I moved away. That's some and, transition. That do, was... do you know what coops? It was. It was just literally from being underneath cars with cut hands and can't, you know, lungs that I can't breathe to standing in a sharp cut suit behind a desk all day. You know, because here's the thing was, at SQ, it was work, yes, but it was also fun and it was play. You know, we were tuning stuff too. So any bit of money that we got, we were just buying bigger turbos for the Skyline or better wheels or suspension for the Evo. And it was really, really fun. So I then went into a very more strict corporate business world. Hold, let me pick up on that point just before you, you move on to, to uh, the clothing side of things. What what motors did you have whilst you were at SQD? So you had oh, Evo, oh, Scooby. What Oof. what else? I think over over that over that nine year period, Cooper. Now some of them would have been bought to sell, but I had over a hundred cars go go through my flipping go through my my ownership. If you think now the the pick, picks of the bunch. Um. So the S14 I I sold you was it? Oh flip! Yes, you remember that? Never ran right. It's probably here. Probably still hasn't ran right since since you sold it to me. Um, oh flip! Now, I'm trying to think. I'm just trying to pick out ones. Right. So I had 
I had a lovely white Evo Five that we done Autronics and done the full, the full kit too, and it was oh, it was it was it was one of my favourite cars. My most favourite car. I had a lovely GTR R33. Do you remember? Do you remember I'd, I'd organised a cruise for cancer, and yep. um, the 33 Skyline out. And there wasn't many GTRs back then, as and the, like the new GTR wasn't out, so it was a pretty special car. And then some wee young kid coming up over the brow of a hill in a Honda Civic ran into the back of a Honda Jazz, which then pushed the Jazz right up the arse of my GTR oh, and shit. literally mangled it. And after that, I fell out of love with that. And actually, I didn't even fix it. I sold it damaged. Um, but actually, one of, one of my favorite cars, I had a really, and here it's one of those moments where you think, I wish I'd never sold it. I had one of the most mintest E36, a 1995 E36 3.0 liter M3, one of the last 100 built. Um, it was completely standard, orange indicators, Alcantara interior. It was just like brand new. And um, again, I had to sell it whenever it was um, whenever I was having a baby. And that car nowadays would be 25, 30 grand. Brilliant, brilliant cars. I, I saw your face earlier on when we said about when we were talking about the E36 last week or last show, 30 years old those cars are nearly. Wow. I know. Wow. Oh, um, what, what color was that one, Chris? <laughs> it was black, it was Cosmos black. Or hold on. Nice. Or was it diamond black? Anyway, it was black. <laughs> Some description. <laughs> but <laughs> it was BMW it was, black. <laughs> you think I used to paint them? I used to paint them, even though the code. But uh, um, I'm just trying to remember whether Cosmos was like the later, like the 46. But anyway, it was it was beautiful, stunning. I still and the number plate on. If you've ever seen it about, uh, the number I put on was M3 UCP. I don't know if it's still on it, but if it's if it's out there, some some guy's got a 30 grand M3 now. Unreal. Uh, but but I, I just just I remember the uh, this the SQD story as well. You did have a shoe winner in there. Yes. In the 350Z. You remember that? Graham, yeah, lovely guy, Graham, from sort of Castaway Direction. Yeah, so he, he brought us a, a lovely 350Z, and we bastardized it into this into this enormous wide-arched um, off-level. It was beautiful. It's like a V, I don't know if it was a V-side kit, but there was a V-side spoiler on it. But anyway, this huge, big, wide-arched kit. And um, yeah, it won a couple of shows and got a front cover of Modified Motors and featured in other bits and pieces. It was yeah, it was great. But you know what? We'd actually, we'd loads of show winners over the years with like Conquer stuff and the V-Dub stuff. And, but they, we were always kind of known for the quirkier, crazier fiberglassy stuff. But then again, as I said, lads, you know, come sort of 07, 08, maybe even 09, that whole market just started disappearing, which is, which is why we had to change tack. Um, but I, I don't know, do people still, is, is, is that still a thing nowadays? Do people still buy body kits for their cars and, do them up and I stuff. remember the last time I saw it, although the, the Tom's body kit for the Yaris GR. Oh, really, really nice. Wow, it's, a, it's an angry wee beast. Do you know of anybody that's getting a Yaris GR, Craig? Sadly, I do, yes. Oh, right, okay, okay. I must, must get a lot of Yaris, must blow the doors yep. with my feet. Yes, <laughs> I don't think what I really, want, I really want to see this Yaris versus this fate. I really, no, this, this, this is happening. I need a challenge. There's a well-known Northern Irish saying, and it is up the road. Up the road. Up yes. the road. Oh, I can't wait. Here, guys, do you remember? This is going to be a full, like, um, what do you call it? Episodic memories type of thing. Do you remember the cruises down to Malile? And we drag raced in Malile up the car park. And mm -hmm. the car park was the ropiest bit of tarmac. Like, it, it was certainly was. You, you wouldn't even find tarmac like that in the dump. 
It was that bad. And we used to race up and down it. And oh, flip. How we didn't get arrested, lads, I do not know. I remember um, taking Fast Car to Malile after yes. Bangor one night. Yes. And we'd, we'd cleared it with a guy who'd cleared it with a guy. Yes. That we could be there for some fun. Yes. And they're still there. <laughs> there was there was some immediate fucking about happened. The guy who had cleared it with the guy came to me and said, my guy's not very happy. This yeah. has to end now. <laughs> oh, because there's there's boys and woolly faces coming. Uh, <laughs> I remember that. Here. Do you Holy shit. Of, Time to go. Rocket, was that whenever you were getting the feature done on the Tigra with the flipping span a bit of it? It could very well have been, yeah. Like, do you remember those days? Like you have to, you have to admit, wee balls was Re- really re- good at stuff. Are you like remember wee balls those? Was great. Here, I've been offered it back, and I'm thinking about buying it. You know, Buckle, buy it, even just for nostalgia, mate. I'm thinking about buying it back. This wow. is the Cali- This is the Caligra, the famed the Caligra. Caligra. Yes, the Caligra. Yeah, the Caligra. Yeah. Oh the, man, the Cali style Vauxhall Tigra pickup truck that we built. I with 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 wooden slats and all in the back of it for us for a wooden. hot tub. Wooden slat. We got five grand to build it, and Lee McRae must have spent about fifteen hundred quid on that teak for the back of it. <laughs> it's it's boat wood. It's they put it on boats. Like, yeah. Don't fucking care, Lee. It's a fortune. <laughs> oh my god. Here, if it if it was a lazy spa, it would be priceless. It would be priceless, mate. The right, lazy spa remember, would have been easier to build. Remember the run on them last year? Here, here's here last night. I don't know whether you were there at this point because this was again. This was getting down the whole dodgier side of things. Do you remember the shed? So the yes. shed, was, the shed was an Antrim location and, X or something. Lo- like? Yes, do you remember? Yes. So yeah, yeah. the lads, I'm not going to mention any names, ripped the flipping door up, and then remember we all drove underneath the door into this disused warehouse where, luckily, randomly. They had hoses on the wall and they used to spray the flipping floor with water. And we used to go in in our cars and go, by the way, there is a YouTube video of maybe me, not saying it was me, in maybe a skyline that I might or might not have owned, doing circles with another white skyline going around me and we're doing all this fancy different stuff. That was in the shed and that was unbelievable. And it was so illegal. And I'm sorry if anybody's listening to this and think it's that illegal, but it was brilliant. And here's that went. Do you remember the owner that? of the sheds going on my fucking door. <laughs> That's on my door. But do you remember that went on? That went on for like two weeks or something. We had that, and it was every night, and just skylines and S fourteens and S thirteens and oh Jesus, guys, that was flipping. Mental. That, was, that was amazing. But the so day. so illegal. But any of these are the things you do as a kid. You know, I didn't know much better back then. Do you remember the RDS shows in Dublin? Oh yes, fantastic. Like lads. Lads, I we need the, the need to happen again so that the kids of today can experience even something like we experienced back then. It was always the a bit times, of an adventure, wasn't it? Heading down just to Dublin for like a full weekend. Oh, the Gary, times we had in the RDS suit. The times Flip we me. had. Do you remember some RDS. of those some of those ropey flipping places we stayed in too, Rocco, and some of the crazy nights in the hotel? Yeah. Oh my goodness me, lads. Because you know what? Like we we were we were rock and roll back then, lads. We really were. You know, you hear of our, our parents talking about the 60s and 70s. Well, we had the 2000s and we had the car shows. And it was oh flip. Remember, I don't know if you remember I get stuck on top. Remember the horse, the big yes. concrete horse. Was that outside Bewley's or something? Was it? That was yes. out, yeah, that was outside Bewley's. And um <laughs> there might have been a few guys near me that were might have might have been smoking a wee bit of weed or something like that. I don't know what it was. And anyway, I got up on top of that horse, right? <laughs> and whatever whatever had happened with that, I just couldn't get back down. 
The horse got very big all of a sudden. The horse got huge. And I was like, holy shit, I'm on the top of a building and I can't get down. Help. And people were just standing there laughing. Where's your man, Suter? Oh, he's a dickhead. So, um, oh my God. On reflection, you were about six feet off the ground. See, when you look at it now, honestly, I was at it maybe. I went there. We stayed there maybe sort of six years ago. I went and looked at this thing. It's like head height. Do you know what I mean? It's like flipping head. And you're going, did it, is it, is it, is it, no way they've cut that down they've here have they have you cut that down that used to be 20 foot tall and i was up at so but, even worse oh, it's not a horse i know it's not even a horse it was, uh, those were those were great times they really were really? we did some wonderfully stupid shit but it was always we good, always laughed ourselves fucking sore do you know what too craig the community the entire car there was no animosity there was no fighting there was no bickering there was there was nothing apart from maybe andy cooper and john 44 i was gonna say apart from that (laughs) apart from that so apart from another rival forum that there might have been out there um like but in generally friendships um relationships mate it was it was yeah that's a a good point like there's nothing there was never anything political there was never anything about what side you're from or and that shit you know you just went out had a great time with people, chatted about cars. Nothing else was ever mentioned or brought into it. It was, Gary, it was just... just yes, it was yeah. just, it was the way it should be. And again, exactly. this is actually coming from, from the, the chat I had on Friday there with my brother. So my wee nephew, Ryan, he's, oh, he's a great kid, but doesn't have a huge social circle of friends. Right? He's got a couple of good friends, right? And I was just telling him about how my entire social circle for like 10 years was only based around cars. Like I didn't, I yeah. don't see anybody. I don't see anybody from uni. I don't see anybody from secondary school. All my friends, like even still to this day, all my best best friends are from the car community. And I was saying to Ryan, like if, if the kid, if he gets into this, if he gets his wee bar, then he tunes it up and can get into like a wee club and all like that. And if they still do car meets, it's a bloody great fraternity. And I would like, I would back any, I'd push any kid to get into it because dear yeah. lads, wouldn't you rather? This is, and again, this is the way my dad seen it back in the day. Would you rather the kid, the kids were out spending their money tuning their cars or making them better than out blowing it and drink and flipping exactly. drugs and yeah. all that sort of stuff? You, you had know, the back, money to go on the piss. No, back in our day, you were saving for the new spoiler or the center section of the D cat or the new gear knob or the you know the white dials. You know, you were you were saving, and then when you got it, it was like a whole big fuck. Come on, check out my dials. Check out my white It reminds me of this this thing that used to, used to be a bit of a stigma, you know, but the boy racer. But the boy racer probably took better care of his car than, you know, an, an average car on the road. Definitely. Like all, all our cars got everything they ever needed, including yeah. new, new tires every Monday morning. East of the barn, anyway. East of the barn. <laughs> <laughs> but look, yes, right. You're, so, absolute, you're, you're absolutely right, Chris. Like friends for life. Friends like, for life, mate. Yeah. Un, un, unbelievable. And f- for someone like myself, who is not the most outgoing person, but I built RMS because I wanted somewhere for people to come together online between the events and all the rest. And then, yes. and then sure, look where it is now. It's, it's just, just unbelievable. It's just rocketed, mate. So we yeah, back here, you're asking about the cloth. So yeah, got into, got into the tailoring after that. And guys, again, it was, it was my, my demeanor. I'm able to kind of switch off and switch on very, very quickly. So literally left the body shop, signed it, signed everything over to Quinn um, on say Friday night, Saturday morning. Started work in the men's shop on the Monday morning. Never looked back. Didn't, not even once. Yeah, good move, good move. And since then, do you know, I was getting married. Or was I married? 
shit, was I married? Yes, I was married. Nicola was pregnant with Ava. And you know what, lads? I just needed a, I needed a change of scene because I was spending every hour God sent up in the body shop. Because do you know what happened? See, by the time you'd fucked about so much, you actually didn't get any work done, right? And it was, it was simply a little boy's playground in my workshop. It was a food, like... You'd arrived, I'd arrived there maybe nine, half nine in the morning. You'd have got your tea to 10 o'clock. You'd have maybe started stripping something to half ten. Then a whole load of boys would land in and their Subarus and their Evos and whatever else. Then you'd have a load of chat about 12. Then you'd drive down to Country Fried and get a kebab. Then you'd come back up and about half one, you'd maybe flipping screw something else off. Then, oh, do you know what? By the time four o'clock, you have done no work. Then everybody buggered off home. And then you worked from five to 11 at night trying to catch up on the work you should have done it was ridiculously unprofessional but um i needed a change of scenery and it just with the timings with dad and all the rest of it just worked out well and lads never looked back and i went into the family business and was told at the start here christopher this isn't broke so don't fix it and um lads the rest is history i fixed it so yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was good. I just seen a lot of potential, and you know, I, I thought I could add a lot of value to it, from from a lot of different angles, from a, a marketing perspective and from the bespoke perspective, and just kind of my, you know, the, the wee business was still ticking over well, but it maybe just got a little bit stale, and it was just kind of ticking along. Whereas I seen a huge amount of potential in the business, and it took me about a year, maybe a year and a half, because to be fair, lads, like I'm a respectful guy. I respected my father's wishes and my brother's wishes, particularly because William was the senior partner. He he allowed me to buy into the business. He could have said no. I was his wee brother. We got on great, but he could have just went, you're the wee brother, fuck off. So, but no, he let me in and I'm forever grateful for that. And um, I did, I towed the line for about a year, year and a half. And then I just went on my rampage to make it what it is nowadays and make it probably as, as famous a, a men's tailoring shop in Northern Ireland as there is. So Were they, were they always doing celebrities? Like- nope. Before you were doing snooker players or nope, not a one. No Higgy or any of those. Not a single. Not one a sausage. So again, as social media started to take off and to get a bit of traction, I started my Twitter up and Twitter was going really well. And I, and I seen, I seen value in influencer marketing. And like this is back before influencers were, were influencers. There was not even a name yeah. for them. And I seen value in celebrities promoting your product and stuff like that. Like I remember, whenever. Um, Michael Conlon was really probably the first big star that it came to us. And I remember telling my bro, like we, we dressed him for an RTE gig before he was even pro. And I remember telling my bro, Willie, don't know how to tell you this. What is it? He says, see Michael's suit. Yep. I just gave it to him. What the fuck do you mean? You just gave it to him? What the, you know what I mean? But that's fucking 300 quid. And that's shirt was on. That's 500. And I said, Willie, trust me, this will be good. And literally he felt like I me, mean, like proper felt like with me. And um, but anyway, he went on the RTE, and the influx of business we got after Michael Connell went on the RTE, wearing our stuff, was unbelievable. And then two weeks later, Card Frampton picked up the phone and said, Chris, see what you did with Michael. My suits fit like fuck all. Can you help me out? I was like, Frampton, for you, anything, son. And he came in, and literally after Frampton then came in, like this was in about a two, three week period. The whole, the whole thing, just the whole gates just opened because, as you know, Michael, number one, Michael Conlon, huge star, huge name, Card Frampton, probably you know bigger star, bigger name. The fact that the two of them were coming to me, people were now starting to say, well, why, why are they going to, why are they going to him? And um, yeah, that kicked the whole thing off, lads, and it's just snowballed ever since. I'm like, we've dressed some, some cool people, like 
some really cool people. It's an absolute credit to you, Chris, and uh, the fact that uh, I'm surely there's something that you took from SQD and yeah. brought that surely. Because surely even then when you had guys coming around just before you're going to country fried chicken for your kebab and you're standing around talking, but, but it's all about the social side of things. It's all about the people. And and then you were just picking, well, who do, who do these people like and yeah. all the rest? And, and we'll talk to them because that will just give gives everyone the feel good factor. Cooper, do you know what? It totally was. And it was the exact same with, with SQ. I tried to just put my personality into the business. So rather than it being a business, it became about the people. And... um. Like, yeah, you're, you're so right. You know, I try to go over and above for everyone. doesn't matter who you are, what you're buying or whatever. And the like the, like the local celebs, they're just normal guys. This is what we've got to remember. They're just normal guys, like us guys sitting here talking. And they just really appreciated somebody that use a Northern Irish term is dead on, you know. And I was just really dead on to them and made them, you know, didn't lick their arse, was funny with them and made them feel at home and made them feel part of the family. And that's actually what I would have done up at SQ2. And it's part of why we were quite, weren't so successful, but we were quite successful because people want, they, they kind of just here, if you need a bumper painted, here, go and get suited to paint it. You know, he's, he's dead on, he'll paint it for you. And, um, you know, that's what brought, I brought that then to the, the men's shop and just put the personality out there. Um, it's I, the type remember of standing, I remember standing in your shop and Jonathan Ray walked in, walked past me handed you his Rolex and went, here, Chris, will you sort that out for me? And just turned on his heels and walked back out the door. <laughs> just standing there with my mouth open going, what has just happened? Oh, dear. And again, and again that's, Craig, that's you know what? That's the super champion. just handed him a fucking Rolex. CJR, out of them all, he is, Frampton's, it's hard to beat now, Frampton's hard to beat, but JR, JR is just, he is just the most loveliest man. He's the loveliest human being. And like we've, we've actually became proper personal close friends out of the whole situation. And we stay yeah. in his house and we go away together. And I guess, you know, it's, he's, he's an absolute flipping, oh, he's a, he's a superstar. And um, again, but just like us now, lads, he is Ruggo. He's just like me talking to you now. Andy, Chris, Gary, he's, he's just one of the lads. It just so happens, instead of selling suits for a living, he races motorbikes for a living. And he just happens to be really fucking good at it. Unbelievable. Oh, he's unbelievable. He is, he is literally unbelievable. Yeah. Like, see, particularly with the boxing, like we, like you think of it, we kind of, we kind of flew the flag for making a boxing, um, a boxing press conference, a show. Like it was me dressing all, because at that, going back then, sort of five years ago, maybe, um, maybe even six years ago now, six years ago, five years ago, six years ago, like we had the cream of the crop. Frampton was flying. Connor was coming through. Paddy Barnes was flying. You know, you had all the, you had a real, real hot um, local squad that was going out across all the different TV channels and stuff like that. And because I was dressing them and putting them in the most beautiful suits, you started to see other boxers want this. And then you started to, and then all of a sudden it just became a thing, the press conference, you went and got a suit for the press conference. You know, whereas before I did that, before I started dressing them, they just wore tracksuits or maybe some of them wore a suit to wore to court. Do you know that sort of thing? Yeah. So, um, yeah, we kind of we kind of changed the mold that way, too. And to be fair, the men's industry was changing at that time. Thanks to thanks to one guy and one guy only. And it's a Mr. Conor McGregor. And yeah. he, I was about to mention him. He always seemed to be turning up in suits, you know, when the other guys, as you say, were in track suits and shell suits and whatnot. Gary, he changed. He changed our entire. Like he physically himself changed the entire men's industry in the world. Like that is that is something that goes unsaid about Conor McGregor. 
he literally like one of the, one of the oldest industries in human existence, which is clothing and men's clothing in particular. Conor McGregor changed it himself. This wee lad from Crumlin, Dublin, changed the flipping world, and I'll be forever thankful. Like I, I, I must send you. Um, I'm still a copy of of me commenting on. Do you remember when Rory McIlroy won the U.S. Open back in 2014? Maybe or was it? And um, or was it was it 20? Couldn't have been 2011. Anyway, whenever it was, and he did a tour in Old Trafford, right? And he wore this checked suit, and he literally got destroyed by the media about this checked suit that he looked like Rupert the Bear and all this yes. kind of stuff. Remember and that. I, they, they came, you know, the BBC, actually the national BBC came to me because I was from here and I was a tailor and came to me to comment on it. And I went down and commented like, and I, I even quote unquote from that, I even said it wouldn't be what I would have worn, right? <laughs> and I did mention that it was a nice suit and it was well made and all this blah, 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 blah. But I put back then, I wouldn't wear, I wouldn't have wore that suit. Yet within about a year and a half, after Conor McGregor started wearing checked suits, every flipping suit in every shop in the world was checked. And that's the, that's the McGregor factor. So, you know, that along with then the tailoring aspect of things and boxers being super cool and Frampton particularly becoming a big worldwide, you know, double world champion superstar, that kind of, that kind of floated us. And then all of a sudden, all the other, all the other guys started coming. Yeah, because I've done Ronnie O'Sullivan, done loads of, loads of snooker. We make, we make all Jimmy White stuff. So Ronnie O'Sullivan, Mark, uh, Mark Allen, Jordan Brown. Um, let me see. Alan Taylor. We've got. Um, oh, Jeepers! We've got Sean Murphy's coming up the minute. Open up. Listen to snooker. End of things. Good. And then in rugby, we've got Rory Best and Stevie Ferris, and make all Tommy Bow stuff. Um, footballer wise, I do all the Northern Ireland football team, and personally, I do. Stephen Davises and Stuarty Dallas and Kyle Lafferty and like all those guys, Aaron Hughes and Big G Mac. Um, that's it's like it's it's been. I, it saw, I been saw a photo the other day of Callum Best that flashed up on yeah, Facebook somewhere. Yeah, yeah. made Callum Best a load of stuff. He's a, he's an absolute gentleman of a boy. Like he he gets a bit of a hard time because of the whole Georgie Best thing and stuff. And but he is an utter gentleman. And I, honestly, I couldn't say a better word about Callum Best. So like it's like and. You know, that's just, guys, that was just being smart with the PR because I seen it for a lot of those guys. Now, see if the guys were able to put my logo, like say on their shorts or something, I gave them the stuff, right? So the likes of Carl and all the rest, they just get given their suits. So, and all that PR publicity only cost me the cost of the suit. But whereas with a lot of the other higher profile guys that were coming to me, I was just charging them half price. So I get covered for the cost of a lot of the cost of the stuff and all the PR marketing was cost neutral. But so, I hear, I think you're underselling yourself here, Chris. You, you're you're single-handedly elevating what our sports stars in Northern Ireland look like on TV, out and about the place. That North, you know, put Northern Ireland on the map. Look how smart and well turned out these guys are. You know, you're truth. doing more than that. Yeah, and that as you're right, that is that is the truth. Like even whenever Jr. was on Sports Personality of the Year, and he came out wearing this really slick black suit that we made him out of silk, and it was just class. And like, do you remember he actually rode a superbike up onto the? Up, like he phones me, he phones me. Like the trousers were made neat because he wanted them nice and neat. And like he's he's a cyclist and he wanted it all sharp cut. And he phones me when he's over in the BBC studios and he goes, "Suter, they want me to ride a fucking motorbike up onto the stage." Will this suit rip? And I was like, JR, yes. 
it will. So, but he said, what can I do? He said, well, I don't know. You can't take your trousers off. So he literally had the like, you'll see him actually getting off it quite kind of gingerly, just waiting for his trousers to pop open on national TV. Flip, that would that would have been a death knell for my shop. But um, yeah, oh, Flip, just oh, just classic. And Ryan Burnett, I have to mention Ryan Burnett too. Ryan Burnett um, is probably... He's, oh, he's probably, again, one of the nicest guys. Do you know what? Every one of them. There's not a, there's not a one of them. All the rugby players, all the footballers, uh, every one of them. They're just, guys, they're just lovely. I can't say better words about them. They really I'm are. Still waiting on the, I'm still waiting on the Ryan Burnett fight. Which one? Oh, between me and him? Between, between you and him. Do you remember that? That actually got me into the gym, Rock. Do you remember that? I started going to the gym and all? It was. Seven o'clock in the morning, lifting weights. But, <laughs> uh, and then I got back into the burgers and this like, fuck it, Jim. So, uh, yeah, no, Ryan's, Ryan's got his own, his own gym and stuff up there now in Antrim and he's, he's flying. He's doing really well. But it was sad what happened to him, lads, because... Uh, it was pretty horrendous. Literally out of the... Again, just to fill you in if you don't know, so Ryan Burnett, he was um, double world champion bantamweight and he entered into this, this winner takes all um, event called the WBSS. And he would he would have if he 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 probably would have won it. There's a guy in his weight class called the New A who's probably unbeatable. Ram would have got to the final and had a real good go at it anyway. But in the semi-final or the quarterfinal, quarterfinal, he pulled a muscle in his back. He ripped a muscle off his off his hip flexor or something in the fight and had to retire. Yeah. And in other words, it actually cost him his his um, his career. It was an unrepairable tear. It was horrendous so, to watch. All, horrendous all those, to see. You think all those years of boxing, all like he was homeless at one point. He had no, he had no house. He had nowhere to live. He lived out a bit of a car, like literally without, without exaggerating. He was homeless. And Adam Booth took him in and trained him up to be a double world champion. And then for it all just to go in a bang, and that's it all over. But right. um, Ryan, for me, by the way, lads, is the most talented out of them all. Ryan's talent was just on a fucking level, boys. But here, say la vie. And it's just, you got to, here, it's the hand you're dealt. You just got to play it. I have to say, I was looking forward to him giving you a bit of a digging, to be honest. A bit of a battering. I know, mate. I know. And, you know, here, here you know from that, Rocco, that I ended up going into the boxing MC. You know, I'm a, I'm a yeah, I'm yeah, pretty yeah. professionally licensed boxing a MC. professionally licensed MC. Yes. You have to see. You have to go through a whole interview process and all, and I go to you go in front of the British Boxing Board of Control, and they ask you questions and everything. You're like, yep, yep, okay, yeah, and then they issue you with your license if you're good enough. So I, um, what what were the questions for that? Uh, more or less, number one, you need to have an idea of boxing as a sport, okay? So they ask you plenty of kind of boxing-esque stuff so you're not just standing in there and not knowing what's going on. And then they kind of always get you to do a dummy run of what you're going to say, and you have to then explain that you understand weights and belts and, like, countries and, you know, where they're from. And you, just, you just have to kind of show you know what you're talking about. So, um, yeah. Do you have a let's get ready to rumble moment? Well, mine's at us now, mate. That's us now. Mine is that's us now. Yeah. So man, by the way, lads, because of COVID, I've only got to do one show. So there's only been ever one at us now. So, but it's off oh, flip, it was great. Oh, fucking just remember that so you can remember too. It's it's the final event. Now, ladies and gentlemen, are you ready? I said, ladies and gentlemen, are you ready? Cause that's us. No! It's fighting in the red corner, fighting on a double. It's, you know, and then you go into the whole thing, and oh, lads, it was just and because it was in the Devonish 
and all the the like there was a thousand two hundred people or something like that, and they all were waiting on it and the roar and stuff it got <laughs> it was lads i tell you the flipping sweat was running down my back it was flipping because see when i got it's another thing this that i didn't know see when i got to that event i presumed that like the boxing board of control just handed you the list of everything you need to know the boxers their weights their record who they're fighting and just go there you go chris go and read it out is it fuck you literally get to the show and they just go chris there's the microphone and you go holy <laughs> shit <laughs> Right, so I got there. The show was starting at half seven. Me being late as always, I got there at ten past seven, and they literally just went, "Chris, where's the microphone? On you go. Have you got it all sorted?" And I was like, "Got what all sorted? Have you, have, have you got all, all the fights and all sorted?" I was like, "No, have you not got them?" He says, "No, we don't do it. You do it. You're the MC." My guys, you're fucking joking me. And they go, "Yes. Do you even know who's fighting who?" And I was like. No, I'm just, I'm, I've spent the last hour doing my hair. Seconds, you know what I mean? This is my big event. What do you, what do you mean, Jane? What's going on? She's well, here. You may fucking get working because the first guy's in the ring at half seven. So anyway, I had to get on the Google. What they did do, they they gave me the matchups. So it's A versus B, C versus F, you know, and give me the matchups. I had to look up who the guys were, where they were from, what's their record, what's their weight, what, go and see the um the guy from the weigh-in, get their weights, what they weighed in. I had to do all that in 20 minutes. I only got about four fights done in the 20 minutes. And then as each fight was going on, I was scribbling and panicking and getting everything. And thankfully, lads, apparently, I don't think I made any mistakes, but apparently the judges said I made one little small mistake where a guy was weighing in at like eight pound, six and 12 ounces or whatever. And I, I reversed one of the numbers or something. But yes, that was a very big flipping burst into that scene that was just dropped from a height boom and i was way to my death lads way to my death but do you know what knuckle down got stuck in pulled it off and it was flipping brilliant and i can't wait actually can't wait to get back in and do it again it was really really good fun like and that's not the only thing that you've you've uh been emceeing at various things so you did the built show You're that in, was yeah. in in the old b&q building wasn't it i'm trying to think that i do it twice was there two of them yeah, I think there was. I think there was two of them, Coops. I think I did it twice. I think so. But um, here, it was a it was a great car show. And it, because I was out of the car industry for so long, it was really nice just getting back into it and seeing people and seeing how the the tech and how the quality and stuff has moved on and just what people are now doing in the car scene. And you know what? Yeah, that kind of gave me a wee bit of a tickle for it again. And it's really only coming around to coming into, into fruition now and I think as, as I told you before the start of the show on Wednesday I'm going down to buy a 595 Fiat Abarth which for all you lads that are listening to know it is a 1.4 turbo 135 horsepower and I'm going to take it to a place in Dundonald and I'm going to Cooper's Yaris out of the water up the road up the road up the road up the road so here what what when did the DJ come in did that come before the MC and yeah. after when the August, big hat. August, the big hat. Um, August, um, August 2019. So, right. So, big into my Instagram, as you know. And every morning on Instagram, I try to lift people up, give up my whole get up, get out, get at it, try and inspire people. That's kind of my wee, my wee thing to the world every You're, you're, you're searching for the hero inside yourself. Correct. Oh, what a tune. Might play it later on. <laughs> um, yeah. So, and I used to overlay my Instagram stories with trance music. And Person after person would send me a message, Chris, what's that track? 
do you have a Spotify playlist? What's that music? Who's this? What's that? And I just got to the point where, do you know what? Spotify, I don't even have Spotify. I don't even know what Spotify is. Spotify playlist. Here, why don't I just get some decks and be a DJ and I'll mix it all together for them? And lads, honestly, within, within about a week of me deciding, I'm going to do this. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it. Sometime in the future, I'm going to be a DJ. Um, a guy called Michael Brennan landed into the shop to get a suit. He owned Betty Black's. Betty Black's. Banger. Betty Black's. And I was talking to him, Michael, here, Michael, I wonder if you get me a gig in your club. He says, what do you mean? He says, I want to be a DJ. He says, well, what sort of stuff do you want to play? He says, I want to play trance music. He says, hold on a minute. I look at this phone. I have NI trance family playing at my place in two weeks' time. Do you know that, Bill? I was like, what? I was like, I was like Michael, I'm only just, this is only a chat between me and he. He says, what, what, what are you fucking about for? Just do it. And I was like, you know what? Yes, I am going to do it. And we made the decision there and then. He got on the phone to Hugh from NI Trans Family. Says, Hugh, want you to do me a favour? Put this guy's suitor on your bill. He's only starting out, but he wants to play in a club. Can you sort it? And Hugh goes, I know, sir. Yeah, put him on. And that was it, lads. And literally within the next two weeks, I bought all the gear, learned how to DJ, went down to that nightclub and had an absolute flipping ball. And you can even you can watch it on YouTube. If you go into YouTube and search for from zero to 138 BPM, there's a wee documentary that a guy did on it. He followed me around doing all the bits and pieces and you can see the crack, lads. Let me tell you, that was that was spectacular. And since then, I've kept it on. And like I've DJ flip lads, like I've DJed, I supported Ian Van Dahl, um, supported Judge Jules, um, Kieran McCauley, who is my hero in like my hero in the DJ world. I was on his bill for New Year's Eve. Um, who else have I played with? I played with loads of people. And again, that just came with that just came through. See, building relationships with people over the years. What you find or what I have found, see when you're really nice to people and you help people and you go above and beyond, as I've always done in every one of my businesses, it eventually comes back to you. And that was Michael, that 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 whole thing with Michael just set me off and that one go got me in with those guys and all of a sudden, bish bash bosh and other people came in too and got me into their club and it ended up by getting a proper club gig out of it. So I had a regular spot in a club called 14 in Belfast. And uh, before COVID hit, I just signed up for another one in um, liquor, like doing a real sort of funky disco Latin vibe. And so the, the DJ, and like I was getting paid for it. You pay for it. I was like, I was doing this for free. I was like, I don't want your money. And like they would come up at the end and go, there's your wheel. I fucking want your money. Like, no, you have to take your money. There's your money. And I was like, all right then. So, um, and again, see this thing that was, and this is one thing I learned within the DJ fraternity, see if you do gigs for free, they frown upon you because it's undervaluing uh, you're giving it away. the craft, yes. right? So, uh, and I learned that very, very quickly. And one thing again with me, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a team player. You know, I'm not one of those guys that wants to go out in his own and just be a cock. So I was like, right, see if that's what you do, that's what you do. There's my price. If you want me to DJ in your club, yep. that's what I am. And got a lot of respect for that. And um, yeah, so guys, you can get paid for it too. And you get paid for the MCing. You get paid for the boxing MCing too. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I swear to God, I'm going to buy your ass some days. GR, maybe. But, uh, <laughs> Only if you want something quick. <laughs> but, uh, lads, honestly, I just flip. I just get things in my head and just, just kind of want to flip and go for them. So um, the DJing thing has, has stuck. Like, I DJ a lot. And then whenever COVID hit, the first COVID, I started DJing every single night at 7 o'clock. And... Back then, there was no laws through Facebook and no laws through Instagram. 
and like flip me my, my first my first live gig had like 1400 viewers watching it consistently and then after that it started our facebook started changing the algorithm and instagram started changing, and all of a sudden it started dropping and by the sort of the second third week we we're down to about 800 then it went to sort of 200 and then 40 and then you, you're lucky to get 40 or 50 or 60 people nowadays but uh, even on the instagram i instagram live every sunday night and you're lucky because the algorithm, the algorithm hates live music. So it hides your story from people. But I'm lucky to get 25, 30, 35, 40 people watching. But you know what, lads? I still do it because I love it. And I get real value and feedback from it. And it's like, see if there's only one or two or three people watching. If I'm making them smile, they're making me smile. And that's what it's all about for me. Well, look, mate, keep her lip. It's absolutely awesome. So here, tell, tell us about the coffee. So we were talking about the, the coffee earlier. 11, yep. 11. 11, 11. So that, right, so, hold on, let me take a drink. Mm. So, obviously, married to the lovely Nicola, have two kids, um, Ava and Lois. And Nicola, Nicola is a self-employed yoga teacher. And her yoga, as you can imagine from COVID, has, has been ridiculously slow. She, she obviously does a wee bit of online, but... It, look, let's see whenever we get back open, I think people are going to be maybe a little bit more apprehensive to go to a yoga studio because it's literally the worst place you could be for COVID. It's in a confined space. You're close. You're breathing an awful lot. You know, the air in a yoga studio must be fucking terrible. But um, so we decided, right, well, let's look at something else for Nicholas. She'll still keep her yoga going and she'll do her private stuff and her clinical stuff and all that. But um, let's look at a different angle. And Nicola has back. Anything I've ever wanted to do, Nicola has had my back. And she is the easiest going wife. She gives me a hard time. She's a wee slabber every now and again. But um, she literally has my back no matter what I want to do. She is there for me. So the whole coffee thing is her baby. And I'm going to give it 101% to make it happen for her. And uh, yeah, so she always wanted a coffee shop. I wasn't prepared to go to the length of a coffee shop because I obviously understand a lot of business and we just don't have the time and the ability to run a good coffee shop. But what we do have is the time and ability to run a really successful coffee truck. So we are building the cutest little coffee truck that the world has seen at the minute. Um, I should have it finished in about two weeks time. But while that coffee truck was being built, um, because one of my um, fabricators took an epically long time to do stuff. We'll mention no names. Um, we came up with our own, we, rather than serve other people's coffee, again, this is kind of me just trying to put my stamp on everything. It's a bit like with the suits. You know, rather than sell other people's suits, I just started making, I, I found a, a company that would make our own. So whenever you see Carl Frampton in one of my suits, no one else in the world has it. It is made only for Carl Frampton. So we brought the whole bespoke end of things from the... Um, we actually brought the whole bespoke end of things from the car body shop because we were making one-off cars to the suit game where we're making one-off suits to now the coffee game where we're making one-off coffees. So we came up with our own our own roast called 1111. We used guys in Newcastle called Sleeper and they developed it for us to our taste. We gave them a taste profile and say, right, we want, it, we want to be able to charge this amount for it, but we want it to taste like this. And they brought together the most beautiful Colombian and Ugandan blend that has caramel notes and chocolate notes and hazelnuts and like a lovely fruit finish to it. It is just, lads, it is just to die for. So anyway, that's, we're going to be serving our own coffee and then our own treats out of the, out of the truck. So it'll be completely unique. And we hope that people will come and support us and come from all over just to try our coffee. And by the way, 
wee bit of a sneak preview that no, I haven't even spoke about before online is that we are not going to be serving flat whites, Americanos, cappuccinos, lattes, all that sort of stuff. You're going to get three, maybe four choices of coffee the way we want to serve it. And it's take it or leave it. It's like, see if you want one of our coffees, that's the way you're drinking it. If you don't like it, go to Starbucks. Perfect. So we're, yeah, we're going to, we're going to really, we're going to really try and cut our own furrow on this and just, you know, because like, see, see, see if you're a latte drinker or, our taste profile within the coffee bean gets diluted too much because there's too much milk. And for, we don't want people to taste our latte and go, mm, I don't really like that. We want them to taste our, I'm not going to care what they're going to be called, but yeah, our shooter car, our 11-11 in three particular sizes. So that's, we're going to do something pretty cool and it's going to stir, it's going to ruffle a few feathers within the within the um, the coffee industry. But look, it's just the way we want to do it. And that's just that. Well, and if you Chris, have you got a name for the van? As in a name for the van, as in like a personal name? A personal name for the truck, yet. Because I know you have the float boat. Got the float boat. Oh, I love the float boat. The float boat, by the way, for anybody listening, is an old 2004 Chrysler Voyager with loads of dents and dings on it that I use as a van and use as just the family car. I love it. Literally love it. Um, was it a Chrysler Voyager that was in the Jackal? Remember uh, Bruce Willis had one and he, and then he uh, it was red and then he power hosed it and it was, was white? Yeah. It, it had a big automatic shotgun in the back of it anyway sure well, you don't Chris I haven't I haven't seen it no but I do have other shotguns in it um let me think no I haven't got a name for do you know what Rocco that's actually a really good did you get a name yeah. by the way see just I'm calling you Rocco by the way are you still Rocco on RMS I am yes oh people, yes people think that's my actual name do you, uh, is, uh, do you have you all kept your same handle yeah that's well, mine's, mine's Cooper. RMS Corolla was a wee bit dated. It's a wee bit 2001. Oh, it's gonna be, is, it, is it going to be RMS Yaris now, is it? <laughs> maybe it might be maybe something else. RMS GR. So, something oh else. my God. Yeah. I've changed mine to Dave. <laughs> Dave. <laughs> Gary's uh, real name. Just Dave. <laughs> just Dave. I'll flip here. Right, Dave. All right, Dave. Here, see, going back to the forum. Uh, oh, flip. I used to have a couple a run in with a load of, or not a load of guys, but a couple of guys. Oh, jeepers. Oh, oh, some names. Something Pug, Pug 106, was it? Or Mr. 106? Was there a Mr. 106? Oh, yeah, there Mr. was. With the, many, the many 106. Who yeah. was he? Daryl. Daryl, you called yeah, him? He was from uh, Lisbon, wasn't he? And he had, mm-hmm. a, he had a, a 106, which was meant to be a 1.1 or something, but everyone said it was massively chin, but it was like the worst kept secret. Yes, because it, it wasn't because it was a 1.1. BTR pace. <laughs> oh, flip. Those were the days. Those were the flipping days, mate. Well, here, coffee yes. coffee will bring the car lovers out because that's what we live for now is a cars and coffee. We want to come and support you guys 100%. Will you tell Absolutely. us, Coops, you, you tell us when the next car meet is and I will be there, mate. The Suter Coffee truck will just be there. I don't know where it is, but it will be there. And that will be, honestly... I am bring our wee flipping Fiat Five Hundred Club too at the same time. Awesome. Do you still do you, do you still do car meets like? Oh well, 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 RMS doesn't, but we go we go to all sorts of stuff. And there's cars, you know, there's like the Down Royal Cars and Coffee. I know, I think uh, ILB Drivers Club they're starting a a bi monthly thing. There's there's all sorts, but it's coffee. Cars and Coffee is now is now the big yeah, thing. I don't know, if, you know, the caffeine and machine in uh, in England is massive. Wow. It's, yeah. Like, 
so like a cars and coffee thing is just mm. it's just the way that I'm not sure that that suits our age profile too. A Sunday morning, ten till two or something like that. There, down for a wee coffee, look around lads, cars, grumble. Lads, lads, the flipping the the creative juices are flowing as are the emotions. We are going to bring back Banger Car Park. Cars and coffee. I am going to bring the Suter coffee truck to Bangor Car Park at eight o'clock on a Sunday night, and you tell the entire world to be there. Let's and do we, it. do you know what, Rocco would not be class? I'm going to break out the Bangor Cruise jacket. Would not be class. <laughs> yes, we are going to redo Bangor Cruise. And do you know what? And no joke, I could do that on a regular. I could do that every feckin' week, and we could really, we could really flip and stir the loins and bring this back. Rocco's going to roll up in the Calegra. Flip the chin's blaring. Come on, I Craig, can't really imagine what sort of shape it's in. Craig, where <laughs> is it? it? Remember, where, where is it? It's lying in a shed up the country somewhere. So, like, and it's has it still got the wheels? Is it, is it still complete? It's still complete. The guy said it didn't turn a wheel from when it rolled off the trailer. He rolled it into the shed, closed the door, and it's been sat there ever since. My goodness. So, it probably, it probably just needs a bit of bodywork and a wee bit of flipping pipes changed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, need a, need a bit of overhaul, a wee bit of, a wee bit of an overhaul. Yeah. But I mean, there couldn't be any rust because there's it's all Here, do you remember your focus with the with the triangles up the side? Oh of yeah. Oh my yeah, goodness, that, mate! That was an absolute beast. What the um, fuck was I thinking? We thought we were the dogs, but like, I had the th- Dog, I had a one of the bollocks. One of six painted three different colors, and like nowadays it would look like a cotton shot. But again, I thought I was the dog. Do, do you remember? I don't know if you ever heard the story about that. So back then, I was in learning how to do this stuff with a guy called Paul Dunstan, who was Stealth Creations. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure, I'm sure there's people on the forum can can do a search on Stealth Creations and read all about Paul. And anyway, my 106 was red, and we'd fitted the body kit to it and smoothed all the bits and pieces in. It was looking great. And I left him one night. I had bought the paint. It was getting painted a Nissan red, so not even the Peugeot red. <clears throat> like a Nissan red and I left it with him and came back the next day and to set the president he had a 206 at the time painted three different colors so it went from like silvery blue like an like an Alfa Romeo flip color into gold into purple well Paul that night took a shitload of drugs and decided to paint my 106 the exact same as his fucking 206 so I arrived in the next day <laughs> To see my beautiful red gleaming 106, to see this fucking 106 painted the same as his. And I was going, oh, sooner, I just thought it would be class if we had this, you know, we went to car shows and it was the same as mine. I said, Paul, I wanted a fucking red. And he's like, well, well, but it's meant there's nothing to do now. Well, I'm not painting it red for you. And I was like, all right, then. All right, I actually quite like it. And that was that was how the 106 Mr. Three Tone came about. And do you know what, boys? I thought it was, I, I loved it. I thought it was a dog's balls. As did you, Rocco, with your um, yeah. triangles. Those were the, yeah, you were you could get away with stuff like that. I think, I think as you said earlier on, the keyboard warriors would just pull you to pieces now. Yeah. Whereas back then, you didn't give a shit. But then Gary, you, that, always said, you, Gary you always had good stuff. You were always like one of the posh ones. Like, you always had really good no, stuff. No, no, no. I wasn't posh. Mint M3s. M3s and 325 Ice Sports. I, I was, no, yeah. VTI Civics probably, and all. I didn't go for Larry stuff. I was always, I wasn't brave enough, if anything, you know. <laughs> it's because you always had faster, better stuff than we had. That's yeah, right. so I don't know about that. It's like we're just cruising. I'm cruising about my 1300 Corolla, and there's you rolling in your 16 VTEC 
EK Civic just blown us. Just, just, uh, oh, why you got an induction kit and then you hit five and a half grand. Like, bastard. Induction kits give you a hundred brick. Do you remember VTEX and how and how obsessed we all were with VTEX? Like, if you if you were like Gary and you had a VTEX, you were literally a god. You were worshipped like a god in Bangor Car Park. As soon as you heard it come on calm, you're like, That's it. what? It was oh, and the, wee, the wee bit from the roundabout to the entrance, and it was all about how many flipping baps could you get in? These guys were all ordering, uh, remember what does I think? The VTEC controller that you got from yes. America, and a you could lower the point, yes, you could lower the point of the VTEC cut in. It was like VTEC Viagra, you know, these guys were just going out the motorway and it was cutting in <laughs> 3,000 revs, and they're going crazy. Oh, so, oh, it's just so 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 good. This is like a this is like going back 20 years. It's, it's, it's just, it's so <laughs> strange. Memory, it, it really is. But here, oh, lads, have, so here, have you had any like nostalgic feelings where you want, like, you know, we're talking about the, the Caligra there, where you want to have what you had when you were a kid. Like I would nearly go and buy a 106 and paint it three colors. Do you know, and like, the, you know, to try and replicate what, you know, the way you get, when you get the any age, you get the near 40 as we all are, right? And you have a few quid and you can now afford to start fucking around a wee bit well hopefully you know what i mean you can start messing around with stuff and like i i definitely need to have a full midlife crisis i'm i'm brewing one like at the minute I yeah no i i just whole i had uh, i say to my wife whole life crisis but then then, then uh she says well sure that what means that your life's over well, cooper, <laughs> whole cooper, life crisis. cooper <laughs> you have never yeah you've never grown up no <laughs> absolutely not Always in trouble. But the thing is, I wonder if it's if there's a better rose tinted glasses because you know if you go and drive something uh, from the nineties now that was a hot hatch, it'll probably feel dead slow, like a modern diesel, which had over it. You know, are you just you talking know, guy, about you know, yeah. buying a car to do it up or something like that? You're so right. See, see, once TDIs and the PD TDI started coming in, and yeah. people just you you whack the tuning box onto it, it it kind of ruined everything for us, didn't it? Because you know, 130 brake horsepower in our day was quite a lot of horsepower and it was you know if you were doing if you had an eight or nine second to 60 car like it was a fast wee car then yeah. all of a sudden you just brought out a 130 golf tdi and stuck a tuna box on it and people were just blowing your doors off with big black kevin, smoke kevin daly oh daly do you remember oh jesus some of the stuff me and him got up to oh my god his his golf was on unbelievable but here i totally disagree see if someone rolled into my driveway today with an ek civic VTEC, i would be like give me a go give me a go because just want to hear that Oh, class, and the, fe- the feeling of it just going, I used to think this was fast. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I, yeah, think, I think if you bought something. I think you're going to get it back on it. I think, I think get it back on this GR. Ah, I see I the GR. I think it's it, going to come flooding back. It, it just felt like a complete hooligan. Absolutely amazing. I'd, oh, what are you old just, school? Do you know school. what, Andy, Andy too, but the look of them, solid investment. Like if they're going to be hard to get. Yep. My God, you'll buy it and probably make money on it after a year. If order you, that's, if, that's if you want to sell it. Order order one now, and you'll be lucky to get it at the end of next year. Wow. That's, yep. And I think wow. they'll sell. I'm surprised. I don't know if you've seen them on Top Gear, but they're pretty much uh, sold out. And I'm and I'm gutted. I, I, I gutted. I can't play the pub piano. I'm going to get the pub piano going for uh, for <laughs> next time. Did you Did you see the last Top Gear? It was fantastic. No, what yeah. was it about? So so uh, well. First of all, the news. This most recent series of Top Gear has been amazing. We we flip and wax lyrical about it in the last show. Yeah. But one of the segments was six grand going buy something, 
as flashy as possible for your midlife crisis, right? Wow. Yeah. Right. So the midlife crisis car was uh, what? What did uh, Freddie Flintoff uh, end up in? TVR. TVR, right? Wow. Shitty old, shitty old, shitty old third mirror. Yeah, but a real shitty Camera. one. Yeah, piece of shit. Patty uh, or Patty McGuinness turns up in a three five five Ferrari. Oh no, not a three five five Ferrari, an MR two. Ferrari body kitted one. Nice. <laughs> yes, nice. yes, yes. And Chris Harris turns up in a uh, Monaro. But there was a section in it where uh, they w- went to a track and they had to race all these guys in the Saxo Challenge. So there's so the Saxo Challenge cars, it was on Castle Coombe or something like that kids there. In the kids in Like 17-year-old kids in Saxo. Like, so like racing Saxos immediately made me think of when we were young, oh. first of all. But then they played, uh, Chris Harris was then the, the final one because racing driver, he was in his Monaro trying to race these guys and they played Born Slippy over it. Oh, and it yeah. just <laughs> took me back. But here, Monaro's, Monaro's are class. Absolutely class. And you can get one of them for six grand? Well, uh, but not now after they're on Top Gear. Flip I would say, sorry, yes, that's why I mentioned Top Gear because the Yaris was on, uh, yeah. on Top Gear as well. And Harris if, and if, Yaris. Harris in the Yaris, and if that didn't help them sell out, I don't know. That's helping my residual values for a car I haven't even bought yet. That's unreal, Cooper. I looked at them today on the lease options. You can you can lease one for four hundred a month, which is interesting. Are you serious? Yeah. No way, guy. But it remains to be seen. Like, does the lease company have a stock, or Uh, are they ordering them, making you wait for a year as well? The uh, PCP is two fifty a month, which is just unbelievable. That's that's a good deal, isn't it? That's no way, Cooper. You're having a giraffe. Now, well, it depends. What I'm putting eight or nine down, and yeah. then two fifty a month, and then there's a big, there's a there's a big flipping hit at the end. Like, but oh, I zero percent APR. It's unbelievable. See, and you know what? See if that if that car holds its money. Sure, you're in profit at the end of it. Technically, it's not technically profit, but you'll have you'll have money to spare at the That's end. That's exactly of it. what I told the wife. Yeah. Like literally, savings, savings. This is going to make me money. I just going to empty the bank money. account and put it on cars. It's it's <laughs> always worked out to date, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, but that and that's going to be some car. But where do you see my Fiat Five Hundred smoke the balls of it? <sighs> I'm really looking forward to this. <laughs> I, I do love a five nine five. The per, particularly the Turismo. The five nine five Turismo is one of my most favorite cars. They're just so it. they're so cool and. I, I, but you know what? The only thing that changed my mind on them, um, Craig, was just getting the wee, the wee kids the other day there on um, His Is Love. Is a, a grey one with white wheels and white decals. And they're just so cute. And literally, he drove it straight to TMC, right? So we got he got the car. His dad won't be listening. This will be all right. We got the car at um, 2 o'clock, maybe 1 o'clock in the afternoon on Friday. He drove straight to TMC and Donald. And by 3 o'clock, it had 170 brake. That's like literally ridiculous. within two, just it's literally, it's just, yeah. a, it's just a plug and boys, we you hear this. It's a plug in box that goes straight, piggyback on the ECU, whatever the fucking plug it in, right? It's Bluetooth. He can, che- he can change the tune from his phone. Class. It's got three settings. It's got sport, perform a race and eco. So we can hit eco and it drops the horsepower to one, whatever. And it ups his miles of the gallon. So he can go for a long trip to Dublin, get himself his 40 miles of the gallon. Get on his mobile phone on the way up the road, hit race, and he gets 170 horsepower. Like, that's unreal. And then if he changes the turbo and puts the exhaust on it, you can get 230, 240 out of them in a heartbeat. It's just mental. That is crazy. Class. Class. For like, for like, for like, not like, do you know what I mean? Like, you'd buy one, seven grand would probably buy an average enough one. You spend maybe a grand or 1500 on it for eight and a half grand. You've got 240 brake in 
a wee pocket Shoot. rocket. Yeah, for bang per buck. Do, do, do you know what? See, after I sort of, well, I thought I'd done the hatchback thing. Yeah. And I haven't really had them for years, a fast one. And then obviously the Yaris, but there's just something about them. Yeah. It is a bit, it is mid, midlife-y. Like, but... It's midlife, mate. It's full midlife. And it's, oh, uh, you're, God. You're, oh, it's great. We're not over the hill yet, lads. No, no, there's plenty of life left in us. Well, Andy, you've gone, you've gone full midlife, but we'll talk about that in another episode. <laughs> you went midlife and then went, fuck it. Go midlife ah! again. Yes. <laughs> Never go full midlife. About six months ago, me and my bro, we were in the in the shop on a Sunday doing something to the windows or whatever. And I heard this enormous noise. We're, we're our shops in the in the ground floor of a multi-story car park called Montgomery Street Car Park. And I heard this mad roar out of the car park and opened the door. And there was all these Jap cars parked at the, you know, they had, they had made their way up to the roof for a photo shoot and a video, and then it made their way back down. There was Subarus, there was Evos, there was S14s, S15s, Skylines. Oh man, it, oh, it, was, it was so nostalgic. I was like, oh, I need to get back into this. It's amazing. Um, but it was a guy, there was a guy, Paul Phoenix, was doing the videographer. Does, does he ring a bell? No. Paul, no. The Paul Phoenix from a million years ago, from Banger Cruise, Paul Phoenix? Yeah. Um, maybe. Maybe or maybe not. Um, you would, you're, but he's, he's got like a production company. I think it's something PP production. And anyway, he, he's still big into his cars and into his Jap stuff. But look him up, Paul Paul Phoenix. But he, I'm he Google I, him here, right? Yeah, Google him. There's um there's a video. He's got a video up online of it because he, he actually sent me it on one of those on the Instagram or something like that. And you can you can see all the Jap cars floating through Belfast and stuff. And it was it was magic. Ab- absolutely magic, lads. But I can't, do you know what, Cooper? That's great. That is a great idea of yours with the coffee. I never even thought. Cars and no, coffee. Let, let, number one's the coffee, right? I've got another idea here. And this, yes. is for, this is for a podcast, like a year down the line or something don't like be, that. Don't be, char- don't be charging me for these ideas now. No, well, this is my idea. So, so fuck you, you, you can pay me for it. But <laughs> I, I, I want to I do a music podcast because you know, on tunes, tunes for the motor. Yes. And I want yourself, I want someone like uh, Danny. We'll yes, get, oh. we'll get Danny D in. Danny D. DJ Danny D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One, honestly, one of the best in the business. Danny. Energy 106, Black Hole. Do you know what I mean? That's that's amazing. Uh, yeah. So I think we- here, see if I can recommend a podcast to you, and I know you would love this, right? Um, it's it, it haven't done one now in about the last year, but a couple of, about a year ago, there was a couple of DJs from around these parts done a podcast called From Bedroom to the Booth. And they interviewed Lawrence John from Six. Oh. Guys, can I tell you? One I, I can of, see that. I can see where he got abducted from my house. The, the top or, uh, up up the field. <laughs> can I can I tell you one of the most interesting and exhilarating podcasts you'll listen? To, the stuff that that guy has lived through and got up to was unreal and how he built energy 106 to be what it was because like you remember he used to run raves with like five thousand people and ten thousand people and all like going to them and it was just oh and then it was all everything of course it was everything was all shut down and shut down and shut down and he kept going he kept going and he talks about the alien abduction and oh that's jeepers. brilliant the oh, alien honestly, it's if you don't get it, send me a message. And I'll send you. It's a brilliant. Podcast. I, I see it in Apple Podcast here. I'll, I'll uh, definitely yeah, subscribe Lawrence, to that. There. Oh man, it's, it's it's there's one of me on it. There, in fact, there's two of me on it. But um, anyway, the Lawrence John ones, the Lawrence John ones, just flipping fantastic. What a yep. guy! 
So oh. yes, Cooper. Yeah, by the way, um, back to the DJ thing. If anybody wants to listen to this and wants to listen to the sort of stuff I play, if they go on the SoundCloud and they just type in DJ Chris Suter or Chris Suter or something like that, you'll get my Positive People series, which is um, our long mixes of trance music that I'm into. And it's all mixed together. And it's a little bit of trance music here. It's all about positivity. It's all about euphoria. It's all about uplifting, um, uplifting music that just raises your your um, your mood, as it were. So if you're any of you feeling shit, get in your car, stick on positive people, and away you go. It's class. That's fantastic, Chris. Where can people find you online on the socials? Online socials, Chris Suter G at Chris Suter GGG. The GGG stands for my mantra, which is get up get out, get at it. So if you just type in Chris Suter GGG, you'll find, oh, uh, Twitter's still Suter Brothers, but Facebook, well, Facebook, my personal one's Chris DJ Suter. The, there, is a, there is a Chris Suter GGG on it, but it's mainly Instagram, guys, that I'm on nowadays. It's the only thing I've really got time for. Um, you get me on LinkedIn and all that sort of stuff as much as I fucking hate LinkedIn. I hate it. But I'm on it anyway because I know it works for business. And um, yeah, the, the Instagram's where it's at for me, lads. Well, look, Chris, really appreciate you uh, coming on the show. Buzzing, by the way, it's, it's been it's been great catching up. Ah, oh, this has been this has been class. It has been fantastic. We could. It talk has been a walk night. down memory lane. Well, we're, here, Rocco, we're doing banger cruise, man. We're doing banger. I'm, yeah. I'm flipping, telling you, use yeah. your you just put it out in the forum and say banger cruise is back with coffee. You and tell I'm, me when you're ready to go, and yeah. we'll do it. We have, have to, to bring this. the cars. I'll bring the coffee. Oh yeah. man, it's just going to be flipping. Oh, it'll be amazing. If you brew it, they will come. Yes, I will come. (laughs) And I will say, do you know what? Not even that. I'm going to come next week. Every week, we're going to go to Bangor Car car Park. We're going to piss off all the flipping residents like we did the last time. And it's going to be absolutely amazing. The brew crew. Did you never think of doing uh, combining all your skills into like a DJ coffee cart with the speakers and everything? Here, Cooper, you're on the bar engine. You're coming up with some great, great ideas tonight. The ideas are flying out. I mean, tonight. they are flying out tonight. Yeah, maybe on down the line. Yes, and we'll get a wee tune to Barth into it, Gary, and get some, get some dumb files going. But yeah, awesome. mate, look, honestly, just um, chuffed the bits to have me on, Andy and Gary and Chris and Craig. Thank you so much, guys. Brilliant. No, thank Chris, you. Really enjoyed it. Re- really appreciate you taking the time because. Uh, what, did you, what did you want to ask me? You wanted to ask me something, Cooper. Tell us about the mega booster, Chris. Right, so um, again, pre-midlife crisis, lads. Okay, so it's not quite the midlife crisis. Um, do you know what? This is actually a really good story. If you, if you follow me enough, you'll, under, you'll understand that I'm into this whole manifesting shite, right? And I fully, be, I fully believe, I fully believe, I fully believe that see if you really want something, and I mean you really want it, it will happen. Now, you'll have to go through certain processes and number one, like patience and a wee bit of luck. But anyway, you'll get there. I took a notion for a Megabusa about three years ago. And, well, about four years ago now, actually, because of COVID, right? But four years ago. And I always said to myself, someday I'm going to own a Megabusa. And I didn't want a Caterham. I didn't want an R500. I didn't want a flipping Lotus. I didn't want a Westfield with a flipping two-liter Z-Tech. I wanted a Megabusa. It had to be a Megabusa. Um... And I went and looked at, but I think I looked at five cars over the over a couple of year period. I looked at five cars, and every one of them were shite. They were a shitbox, right? And I'd almost gave up on the idea of never owning a Megabusa because number one, if somebody has one, they generally don't want to sell it because they're epic, right? And my ex landlord walked into my shop one afternoon, and he's a bit of a car head, and me and him always connected over cars. And I said, well, Willie, what have you got about you now? Oh, I says, here, what do you see what I've got in the garage? 
and he's pulled out his phone, he's flicking through the, the pictures and he shows me this kit car in his garage. And this is exactly word for word how the conversation went. I said, Willie, he goes, yes. I said, is that a mega booster? He goes, Chris, that is a mega booster. And I said, Willie, is that mega booster for sale? And he goes, Chris, no, it's not, but it might be. And I was like, right. And I was like, Willie, if I arrive down to your house tonight with a bag full of pound notes, will I drive that mega booster home? And he goes, Chris, how many pound notes are we talking? And that was it. And that was the whole thing opened. And we, look, I said, William, I will be at your house at half past five. I left the shop, sorry, half past six, left the shop, went home, got my friend to take me down to um, his house. And I drove the mega booster home within five or five and a half hours of him walking into my shop. The mega booster was sitting in my garage. Unreal. And, on, uh, unreal, and it gets worse, right? So me being the show-off bastard that I am, I actually got my friend Warren to pick, pick me up in his McLaren. He took me down his McLaren. He had a 7, um, a 720, was it an orange 720? Uh, or? six, 600, yeah, six, uh, 600 LT, right? So anyway, and William, the guy that bought the, part of the whole deal with me buying the Mega Boost was that I got my mate in the McLaren to come take him out, right? That's fine. So I got Warren to come down in the McLaren and Warren took him out. So putting it in my driveway, I, I decided I'm going to flip and show off in this Mega Boost because like they're a death trap, lads. They're a fucking death trap, right? And I'm pulling it in my driveway going left. William and Warren are pulling it in my driveway and going right. So they're away on down the road. I gave it full fucking Dixie up the Grantshire Road here where I live. And this mega boost, you can imagine it's a 1.3 Habosa, straight through exhaust. It is it sounded like a Formula One car. And I gunned it as hard as I could, thinking I was showing off to Warren and William, you know, that, you know, leaving it sideways up the road, because it's sequential. Bah, 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 bah. And that was fine. On the way back down the road, I roll down. I'm, I'm trying to be kind to my neighborhood because I know I've just probably woke them all up. I arrived down into the neighborhood and put into my garage, reverse the car in. Doesn't some big burly fucker of a neighbor of mine come bouncing through my garage and literally grab me by the throat? Boom! <laughs> was that was that you in that fucking car? And had literally pulled the fist, but ready literally ready to fill me in like this guy's about 20 stone right and literally ready to fill me in until his flipping son runs down the flipping road after him daddy daddy don't touch up and his son had to pull him off me and so literally i went from up here thinking i'm the dog's balls my mega busa ripping it up the road coming down to all of a sudden going please sir don't punch me and oh my god it, that, that was a that was a, I had a very, I had a very quick eye opening as to how much trouble a certain mega boost could get you into. Put manners on you. It put manners on me, yeah. And do you know what? I couldn't even be angry at him because he was right. You know, because there are four other, there are 200, um, this one was tuned to about 200 brakes, like 198. And um, it curb weight 425 kilo. So you've like, you've the guts of 500 brake per ton. It was just an absolute animal of a thing. And, um, you know, when he was walking out, his son was pretty much like, mate, do you know what? Fair play to you. Sorry. I'll not do that again. And never once did I race that wee thing over 30 mile an hour around these parts ever again. But on other roads, I might um, I might have pushed her towards the speed limit once or twice. Do you know what? I, th I think as the years have went on, I sort of have a bit more respect for the limits and 
Yeah, you have to. And, yeah. you know, and, and I'll be honest with you, I'm one of the guys from my road that petitions to have speed bumps put up the fucking road. And because, again, our road where we are here, people just fly up the road like really badly. It's, it's an awful road. And then there's me in the flipping kit car, sending it sideways out of the flipping driveway and up the hill, giving it gears as quick as it can have it. And it just, you know, right, you know, when you when you put your flipping sense of a hand, you just go, yeah, I was a dick. I actually deserved to get me. In fact, if his son hadn't came down, he probably would have took my nose off and I deserved it. So, you know, that was, uh, yeah, that put manners on me big style. But the wee mega boost, uh, you know, I sold it to fund a family project uh, and like a, a holiday home type thing. And I sold a load of other bits and pieces at a lovely um, white UK turbo Impressa that I restored at that time too. And I sold it. I can't, I can't sell my 205 CTI because it's just too special. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to get back into the whole car scene with my 500 Abarth. And, um, It'll never leave you. Rip out your Yaris by the roots. Up the road. U- yes. U- UTR. It's <laughs> all so about the driver. Don't forget there's a, there's 50 horsepower in this hand and a 50 horsepower in this hand and 100 horsepower on my right foot, Cooper. I think my four-wheel drive will just put put paid the laps. Going on. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. Here, do, do you know what? All joking chin, aside, chin, here, all joking aside, there's not going to be much will sit with that Yaris at all in any car. Particularly on a twisty like on a back on a back road in the lashing rain. See you later. Yeah, it lit, it'll drive away from everything. It's mental. You're starting off with a five nine five, but wh- where's this going to take you? What what what's the dream? No, it's, I'll I'll be literally I'll be honest with you, and this is I hope I don't come across sounding like a wanker. The mega busser was my dream, and I mean and I mean that from the bottom of my heart. There is not another car that I even look at twice. I want all I wanted was a um, a Westfield Megabusa, and see see going now. I don't know because I've got my, my two five. I always wanted a white two five convertible, and again I had that would be that's my that's my sixth two five convertible, my second white one. Um, so I've got it, uh, the Megabusa. I suppose I would. I would I would love an E36 M3 again just because I like the way they drive I like the way they steer I I, I like I like the I like the looks of them you know I, I associate an E36 M3 with the type of car I would like to own but like dr- like dream car if money was no object if money was no object what would yeah. I have? I'd I'd, pro- I'd probably be a McLaren guy to be fair if it had, like if it had to be like a super you know if if you're asking me what's the dream car that I will never own it's probably a McLaren of some sort I just I find them beautiful. I would like, well, Ferraris and all that. I don't really have a thing for Ferraris or Lambos or. I or- I, I like the McLaren engineering. So I so I came from a from a Lotus. Uh, yeah. I had a couple of Lotuses and Xe's, supercharged Xe's and all the rest. They were they were incredible. But the yeah. the next step is well, some might say Porsche is the next step. Uh, but but McLaren those carbon tubs that three point eight twin turbo. You know what a piece of. A piece of engineering, you, like they're still wired by farmers, though. So, um, yeah, McLaren's definitely McLaren's probably definitely where it's at for me. Like, I hear, do you know what? They're they're affordable, but well, they're affordable. They're still fortune. But you you see you see five um five seventies about eighty grand. Yes, yeah. starting from 80, yeah, but eighty grand for a five seventy. I'm thinking, do you know what? That's a lot of flash. Here, I, I know it's eighty. It's still eighty thousand pounds, but. You know, yeah, but what well, one drives past you, you look at it and you think two hundred grand. Correct, Gary. Yes, and you know, with the whole PCP deals and and you know what I mean, yeah. it is it, it could be ten grand and eight hundred a month 
for two years and then, you know, hand it back type thing. You can have a McLaren 600LT Spider in a Mayan orange and it's yours for £25,000 deposit and £1,699 a month. Jesus, that's brand new though, isn't it? That's brand spanking. Wow. And for an extra £500, a special tartan finish. Yes. Just for you. For an extra £1,000, you can get the truck that you're eventually going to end up putting it back on and sending it back to Scotland. Send it back home. Yes, I was going to say, and the, and the depreciation on that would be like nothing else you'd ever imagined. Yes. That's the set. That's but you think, you think, see, whenever they get down to 80 grand, you think like here, they can't go any lower than that. Like a friend of mine bought a, um, what do you call the older, the slightly older McLaren, wee bit squarer? Uh, the P, not a P1, uh, 12C. Uh, Yep, MP, MP412C, yep. MP412C, he's bought a black one of those. And he, I, I don't know what he paid, but he says he's, he reckons he's bought a bottom of the market and it'll probably creep up 10 or 15 or 20 grand. Over the next, and that's, that's a great investment. Say he paid yeah. say he paid 60 for it. I don't know what they're worth, but say he paid 60 and in five years time, they're worth 80. Let me tell you, that's just, there's not much stuff you'd, you'd make 20 grand on in, in, in five years. The car market in the last 12 months <clears> has <throat> been absolutely frigging bonkers. I think was it uh, the auto trader survey was like 40 weeks of uh, of the period of, of 2020. Used cars went up overall by about 4 or 5%. Performance cars went up over 10%. Oh, my goodness. Up, used. Wow. You know what I mean? So just you- something sitting in your garage making money. And you feel you feel sorry. I know that's the wife always gets off about the wee 205. And I'm thinking, Nicola, every day I wake up, that Peugeot 205 is worth more than it was yesterday. And yep. she's like, oh, you, know, you know how women are. Right? Sorry, Blade, wherever she is, she's probably going to listen to this. But, <clears throat> you know, every day you wake up, it gets dear because there's just none for sale. And like one of them sold previous, like CTIs have sold anywhere from eight grand to flipping 15 to 20 grand for some Conquerors models. And like they're only going to get more expensive as. Again, as guys like us have the midlife crisis and go, yeah. oh, I wish I owned one of I them really when I was a one kid. Like, that, like Nova's, Nova's are a fortune nowadays. And... That's what's missing from my garage at the moment is a, is a classic, I think. At, yeah. at humble money that will, uh, in fact, yep, in fact, about just a bit less than a year ago, and I don't know if I've talked about this even in our, some of our trial podcasts that we had, but I did try and buy an 8-valve Mark II Golf GTI, which is in the family. Nice. didn't. Yeah, nice, but it didn't it didn't work out. But but it sort of put me in the notion. It's like, do you know what? I actually would like something that I can hold on to. But that's another thing. That's another midlife crisis thing. I want to buy something that reminds me of my childhood that I can hold on forever. Well, here Just, I was up. I was yes. up at a, a guy's place there. I said Freddie would get in that other wee car, and he has he has an, a seventy four or 70, 73 RS two thousand. He's got a Mexico. He's got a Mark II rally car. Um, he's got an e. He's got loads, loads of stuff. But like the two, the two, the two Mark Twos are worth over, over fifty, sixty grand each. Like each. Yeah. And he's just saying like this. And he didn't tell me what to student, but they didn't stand him fifty grand. And he's just saying look, these cars are just sitting here accumulating money. And like you, you're, you're like here. Why didn't I remember? Like I'm sure every one of us here has cars that you, you wish you'd never sold because they're now making money. Well, Chris, really appreciate having you on. And where do we get it? Will it be on the usual? On RMS. It'll be on It'll be on po- all podcast platforms. Yeah. So sold the same. Uh, so tag me at RMS Motoring if you're... Brilliant. Uh, yes, hold and he's going to uh, edit it down to eight minutes. <laughs> 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 Here, does, it have a, does it have an Instagram handle? No, it really should, shouldn't it? As in, but do you, does RMS have an Instagram? At, yes, at RMS Motoring. Yeah, yeah. Right, cool. Or hashtag RMS Motoring. Yeah, yeah. 
Instead of done, mate, I will get on it and give it a wee plug. Right, lads? Good, Good man. Take it Bye, easy, Chris. Chris. Really appreciate it. Good man. Bye. Thank you. Cheers. 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 Bye. Yeah. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Right, I'm going to pull this into the pits as the brakes here are literally on fire. Uh, thanks to our guest, Chris Souter. He was brilliant, and of course the team here, Gary, Craig, producer C in the background, and give yourself a pat on the back for making it to episode 2 of the Soul to Scene podcast by RMS Motoring. We'll be back very soon with more wittering nonsense and hopefully very much more interesting than us guests. Uh, Thanks for listening, and remember to like, subscribe, do all the things we're supposed to tell you to do so you can hear us again. And we're everywhere at RMS Motoring and on rmsmotoring.com. We also want to hear your questions for the podcast, so email us at pod at rmsmotoring.com. Get us on the socials at rmsmotoring on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or on the RMS Motoring forum in the new podcast section. Thanks for joining us, and remember, there's no warranty. This was sold to sing. <laughs> <laughs>